Welcome to the Favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Chad Millman, and we are back, baby. That's right. We cannot be denied. Professional better. Simon Hunter and I, we are a force that faces adversity, and we fight right through it. Simon Hunter, my co-host. This weekend, this weekend, I felt like a real professional better. I will explain. We were just grinders. Simon Hunter, say hello to the people. Say hello to your fans. Hey, guys. <laughs> All right. A reminder, Simon Hunter, professional better. Last year, you joined the pod. We offered up season-long pick and contest advice every week. This year, we are taking it a step further. You have joined the DraftKings Pro Football Pick'em National Championship. Every week, we are going to decide what picks you should put in. Every week, you are offering top-notch insight into how professional bettors break down games and what they look for, not just on the five games we'll pick, but on all the games. You're getting lessons in game theory, people, that you cannot find anywhere else. And we know it because the audience is growing every single week. Now, let me get back to my point about being a grinder. I texted you. Simon, on Sunday, I texted you. It's one of my favorite things to do is to text you on Sundays. I felt like on Sunday, this is what I wrote. This was a hard-fought three and two. We were two and three the week before, five and zero oh in week one. Three and two this past week. Huge bounce back week. A hard fought three and two. A lucky win, I thought, on the Bears. Thank God for big dick Nick Foles. A tough loss on the Washington football team. They had that game covered, if not for Dwayne Haskins, like just sort of losing his crap. Great call on the Panthers. Never sweat. So nice to be in the afternoon, not sweating. Really bad call on the Giants. That was lost from the get go. And an easy call on the Pats. Right? Is this what it feels like to be a professional better? That was a weekend in review. Uh, I would say that um, in a normal year, we would have hit more. Like, a couple of these teams were taking these home teams with home crowds. I, I am noticing now with COVID, this, there's a major effect to a lot of these games. Like, that comeback we saw in the Rams and the Bills game, that, like, that's, that's happening every week. And then the Bears did it against Atlanta. So I'm, I'm starting to really adjust that. These teams with no fans and veteran quarterbacks, they're really, really having an advantage here with – it's just like practice. And these are like guys, they throw a pick or they do something stupid. They don't care. They're not hearing any boos. They just get back out there, and it's just like, oh, another rep, another three downs. So I am trying to adjust to that where – we were definitely on the right side of Washington. That was just one of those games where you're exactly right. It, he had to have four turnovers to them to lose by seven. So – it was 2017. We were texting, feeling good, and we were talking about like, okay, like they were not really worried about that one. But this bears, this bears bet's dead, and uh, I, I, I think that was. I love the Pats. The Pats, a Pats uh, money line with the Colts money line just felt like an easy bet this week for me, and that was a no sweat. That was a nice one, but I really, really believed in the Bears going in. I had people nonstop just coming at me about Atlanta. They go, how, how can you see them coming up with? their offense to step up. And I said, I really can't, but I can just see their defense getting stops on Atlanta. So of course, 26 to 10, Atlanta's up and our savior, Philadelphia's hero is now in Chicago. Uh, yep. He came we are in brothers and, in big Dick Nick Foles love. Oh yeah. I mean, the man has a statue of Philadelphia. I, I love the guy. So he, he comes in and I think we had two touchdowns overturned. So we yes. had, a fourth, a fourth down touchdown overturned, and then we had an interception in the end zone instead of a touchdown. 
So right there, that's 14 points we lost. So like the ads kept getting better. It went from plus a thousand up to a thousand thirteen, uh, one thousand three hundred, and I t- I took it. I didn't throw a thousand on it. I put five hundred because I did believe in them. But just mathematically, I was thinking they're probably gonna lose this game by three because that's what I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be twenty six to twenty three, and Matt Ryan he did us a lot of favors. He came out there and he just kept getting stopped by the Bears defense at the end of that game. So it gave Nick the momentum. He put together three touchdowns and. We covered our bets. So that was a week where we stumbled on a couple. And, like, these people, they think this should be so much easier. Like, how do you not take the Packers and the Chiefs? Let, let me tell you a little secret. If you, if you add up all the years and you're just taking the money line on a dog on Sunday night and putting it with the money night dog, that's not going to hit for you consistently. That was – I get we, we fell into a couple spots there. But, like, I wish we took them. Of course, those were easy picks. But – you just we're looking at it from the numbers perspective where the odds of those teams both covering as three and a half dogs is just so minuscule because the whole public is going to be on Green Bay. The whole public was going to be on the Chiefs. So that's the only reason we hesitated and we stayed away from those. So you, there were um, moments in that Bears game in Atlanta, moments for that Packers game in New Orleans where you make a great point. Like we are now three weeks into the season – we are seeing the opportunities that veteran quarterbacks can have when they need to be, and the Packers didn't even really need to come back in that game. They just sort of were rolling the whole time, but how they can manage crowd noise. Right. And at what point are, when you say you're making adjustments on these, what kind of adjustments are you actually making? What is the numerical adjustment you're starting to make? I think the biggest one is I'm not going to put too much weight in the travel anymore. I, I, I was in the sense that these teams are still at home. It's still a home field advantage in some sense. And you're really seeing now that it's just, we should just market a strictly neutral fields that these teams going on the road. It doesn't really matter if they're a good enough team and they have a good enough game plan for that week. There is no home field. There are no major, major swings because of the crowds where the swings are coming that, a team might have back-to-back three and outs and the other team will just put 14 up and they're right back in whatever game they're in. So the best example I can think of is that Rams-Bills game. They're, if the Bills had fans, in no world did the Rams come back and make that a game. And then the Bills, I mean, I, I had them. So that was just that was by far the luckiest cover of the week for me. Uh, Josh Allen had multiple completions on third downs that were like third and 20, third and 15, third and 19. And – he got, a, he got a call there at the end of the game that kept that game alive. So, the, of course, you can say they got lucky with that. But it's one of those where this, this whole – I'm trying to tell people that these live numbers, I usually wouldn't recommend taking these live money lines like we have been. But the way this, this is going, if a good quarterback is down, I believe in the team and my game, my game plan and the bet before I had the game, I'm going to take that money line because right now we're up a ton by taking these big money lines if you're just doing this straight bet. So – I think people need to really be aware of making that adjustment that it's a good year to be playing these live numbers. All right. A little bit of a shameless plug here. Matthew Friedman, uh, Matt, the Oracle on Twitter, who has just been doing phenomenal work on player props, on fantasy rankings, all that kind of stuff on our action network live show on Sunday mornings that we do at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. He uh, said, Josh Allen was his QB one in fantasy. I ridiculed him to no end. 
<laughs> he was 100% accurate, 100% accurate. Uh, and so you can listen to Matt uh, in the Fantasy Flex podcast as well, as well that we have in the Action Network podcast. Um, the other thing is I do want to remind people, <clears throat> go to review the podcast using the phrase, Simon says, we bounced back. And if we like it and randomly choose it, you will win a free Action Network hoodie. We will announce last week's winner at the end of this show. We do have a winner. Thank you for reviewing the podcast. I love it that you guys are engaged. Simon, we also have some news here that we're going to get to, and we'll talk about this. <clears throat> but when we get to sort of where that game would have been, Tennessee Titans, COVID. Tennessee Titans, COVID. Like immediately, all of a sudden, everybody's sort of attitude about the NFL right now has to change because we have our first big setback, our first big challenge. Is a better, when you hear about this holistically, what's your first response? Depression. <laughs> yeah, it's just sad. I mean, all of us knew in the back of our mind, we are in a pandemic and we were kind of on a nice little roll there where it was kind of out of sight, out of mind, in the, at least in football, just because we weren't having any positives. And we all knew this was probably going to happen just because it happened in baseball. And just like baseball, I think football will adjust and they'll just keep it rolling. So I've seen a lot of fan theories where they think it's either going to be moved to a Monday or a Tuesday this week, the game. Um, my hope is they do that because right now, if what there's, people are saying is true, they'll give them a bye week. That's brutal for someone like me that has a lot of money on Pittsburgh futures because – you don't want this early bye week. You want late bye weeks, especially with a uh, team like Pittsburgh that's older. So I'm hoping that these people are right and that they'll come in on Saturday. Guys won't be positive and we'll be back to business and they'll be down. Tennessee will be down three or four players, whatever the number ends up being. And they just play. But I already made a bunch of bets this week on Pittsburgh. So I'm, I'm just guessing the, the casinos will avoid those. Um, if it comes out that they're canceling that game. So We'll see what happens. We're just like everyone else. We're just waiting on more information. Well, if you have Pittsburgh futures, I have Pittsburgh futures because I basically did everything you told me to do when we were podcasting during the summer. Let's get to our Thursday night football game. For fans at large, this probably feels like your regular crappy, horrible Thursday night football game. For betters, this is like the Super Bowl of legal betting because you've got the Denver Broncos in a state with online, legal online sports betting, Colorado, versus the New York Jets in a state with legal online sports betting uh, in New Jersey. So we got to break it down because there are going to be people who are listening to this in both of those states who are like, holy freak, I can bet on this. Like, I can bet on this right now. So, uh, Broncos, we're talking about uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites right now, um, according to DraftKings, on the road, visiting the Jets. They are – they might as well be called M-E-S-S, -S, mess, mess, mess. Ooh, I did that right there. Just thought of it as I was podcasting because this team is ugly. Ugly. And this is one of those games where I was joking with a guy online, this is kind of night you take your girl out and – you don't even got to watch this game because you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to benefit from watching. Um, this is going to be a pro versus Joes. All the pros, we're going to take the Jets at home on Thursday. And Denver, 
it, it's tough to really know what their deal is because they've been plagued by injuries since the start. I mean, as soon as they lost Vaughn Miller, I knew all my futures on them were pretty much dead. And when you have two 0-3 teams like in this spot, of course I'm going to lean towards the Broncos because I think they're a more complete team. But I still, I still love Sam Darnold. I'm still going to ride the Jets, even though they're just a train wreck. They have no offensive weapons. They're running a 40-year-old running back in Frank Gore that no one knows why. So people online are asking for – if you don't want to bet on this, a fun bet you can make is you can just bet on Adam Gase to be first coach fired. But I still think that Dan Quinn is my favorite first coach fired. I couldn't believe waking up Monday morning. I, I checked to see if my bet cash on him being fired. Nope. No, Dan Quinn's back in the office. Dude, shocker. Like, we were, I was texting with some other people on uh, Sunday afternoon, and I'm like, how is Dan Quinn not fired by Monday morning? Like, that, like, that's astonishing to me. How much could I have to screw up at Home Depot to get fired? That's what I thought of, because the guy, Arthur Blank, who owns the Falcons, started Home Depot. I'm like, you might be able to be terrible at Home Depot and not get fired. Because Dan Quinn still having a job after these collapses, epic collapses, that's on the coach, dude. It's just on the coach. You are not getting your team ready to play in the second half. You are not reminding the things they need to do in the second half. You are not making the adjustments you need to make to ensure you can maintain a lead in the second half. It is astonishing to me. Truly. And it's funny where I guess he's thinking, okay, if he can go up to Green Bay this week and he can get the win, I'll, I'll keep him, let him keep the job. But it just doesn't make sense why you just want to get rid of this guy. I, that's the worst. That is seriously the worst back-to-back games I can remember for a franchise. I actually can't decide, like, who's more negligent here? Like, Adam Gase for just being bad at his job. And, like, he might not have the horses, but even without the horses, like, the Dolphins last year didn't have horses, and they played their hearts out for Brian Flores. Adam Gase, it's like he's not even, like, connected to the team. And I don't know why you just said the most outrageous thing. You still like Sam Darnold. Poor fellow. I can't, decide if, I can't decide if you're the poor fellow or Sam Darnold's the poor fellow, but what gives you confidence in Sam Darnold? Because he has nothing around him. He has seriously the worst O-line and unskilled position players, I think, in the league. His, if you go through the list of his wide receivers, you're not going to know a single name. If you do know a name, that's going to be a really old player or an old lacrosse player named Chris Hogan. And they have Frank Gore as his running back. So, He's set up to fail. He's been set up to fail. And he has little plays, these flash plays, where you can see his talent and what he can be under pressure. But I'm with you. This is the end of it for him, it seems like. It seems like they're going to tank this season. They'll draft one of these QBs up high, and then he'll be on a new team in a year or two. So it might be over for him for the Jets in the future, but I think he's going to do well on a different team in a different scheme with a better coach. All right, next game. Browns, Cowboys, by the way. We are going to transition. We're going to transition to the early game, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Browns visiting the Cowboys. I had the Cowboys plus five against the Seahawks the other day. And honest to God, they had the ball. They had a first down with about 437 left in the game. And uh, at a, somewhere in the 20 to 30-yard line, close to the red zone, uh, down 30 to 28. And how Mike McCarthy caused three passing plays to run off 30 seconds and then kick a field goal and give Russell Wilson four minutes to score a touchdown. That's fireable to me. Maybe that's the kind of mood I'm in today. 
But that, that was disgusting. I mean, the worst part for you is that you have back-to-back weeks now involving the Seahawks that the two-point conversion has decided your bet. So that's brutal beat. Um, from my perspective, I, I think the Cowboys are still being a little overvalued here, that people are seeing their offense, they're seeing their weapons, they're seeing how good they're doing, how every game Dak is putting up these crazy numbers. But I feel like to everyone, they're just losers. They have loser mentality. They lose these games. And they got gifted one by Atlanta. We saw how bad Atlanta is now. And I think Cleveland, I hate Baker. I think he's incredibly overrated. And he makes terrible decisions for a third-year player. I don't know how he hasn't improved, which is hard, it's hard to say because I used to love his personality and what he was going to bring to the NFL because he's cocky and he's funny. And the stuff he does is like, when he's winning, is comical. But when he's losing, he looks like a clown. And the public, I'm looking at the numbers right here, the public are all over the Cowboys. And I had this number at three. So four and a half, I love the value of the Browns, especially with their two-headed monster in the backfield. If they come in with a game plan of just running it and Baker might throw it 15 to 20 times to Odell and Landry, I love them to keep this game close or even win for Cleveland. This is – this is an everything game for the Cowboys. And the fact that the Browns have back-to-back wins, that's my biggest reason for pausing here and saying, do I really want to back the Browns after two wins when they're coming against a desperate team? So we don't have to put that one in, but I am going to be on the Brown side. I'm so glad you said we don't have to put that one in because when we started talking about this, I'm thinking, if he's going to tell me I got to bet the Browns as part of my win- chance to win a million dollars, I will puke right now. No, I won't. Do, I won't do that to you. But you are going to bet on him. I, I'm going to take that number out. I, I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to go up as the week goes along here. But there's just a really good value on the Browns here that they'll be able to keep it close, especially running against Dallas, who they're giving up yards in chunks, especially in their secondary on easy passes. So I, I like the matchup here for the Browns. All right, we got to skip the next one because it's Titans Steelers. So let's go to Saints Lions. Saints, uh, four-point favorites at home against the Lions. Dude, we got to – like, both of these teams make me sick. I, I bet against the Lions this week. I bet on the Saints this week. They look like they're a mess. The Lions look like they're still a mess. I, I, if anything, I think you're probably getting value on the Saints, but if you got an opinion on this that is going to sway me, sway me. Yeah, and – I can't fault anyone for betting the Saints in this game just because the Lions needed two picks from Murray at the 50 and one run all the way back to about the 30 just to, just to be in that game and get that win. So they obviously had a lot of things break right for them in that last game. And you're, you're right. The Saints might be very undervalued here. Um, but it's hard for me to take Drew Brees right now where – Back-to-back weeks, this guy cannot go downfield. He's doing all this underneath stuff, which, hey, might be working. I mean, Kamar is a freak. He's turning these little dump-offs into touchdowns. So I'm, I'm with you that uh, we can leave this one out, but I'll be on the line side come game time. Seriously? All right. Well, maybe we're going to – go ahead. Go ahead. We might have to revisit. Yeah, like, I don't feel good about it. It's the same, like, feeling I had last week with the Giants. Like, I hate doing it, but it's like these are the positions I have to take because I have to trust the numbers saying that this team's being overvalued, and that's where you're getting the values on the lines. Where do you power rate this game right now? 
So I had it at three and a half, and I think it opened at three, three and a half, but it's up to four and a half now. So this is this is one of those where if I do bet it, I'm going to bet very small lines because I hate Matt Patricia and I hate backing him. Like I end up switching to them before kickoff, um, just because all all the money. I think Darren was going to tweet it out. It was like 94 percent on DraftKings was on uh, the Cardinals. So that was just one of those where, all right. The, the guys in Vegas that they're reading this one that they're saying all the values on the five and a half. I'm just going to, I'm just going to buy on the five and a half. So I got lucky with that one, but it's, it's, it's another one of those weeks where the lines that they need this win here just to stay afloat in their division. Cause right now they have two teams that are three and out. So we'll, we'll see come game time, which side we'll end up on. Well, speaking of three and out, we're going to skip the Vikings and the Texans. And I apologize to people, but like the Vikings facility is shut down right now. We have no idea what's going to happen with that game. So markets are sort of in flux there. It's like I can't even prescribe anything for this game, neither should you, just because we just don't know what's going to happen with the Vikings and Texans. So the Colts are visiting the Bears. The Bears are 3-0. and Nick Foles, the greatest quarterback who ever lived, is getting his first start against Phillip Rivers, a quarterback that makes you more sick to bet on than maybe Daniel Jones. This game is it's open to pick. Right now, the Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Dude, how are we not going with the Bears in this game? This is a no-brainer. I, I do love the Bears. You know I love Nick Foles. Uh, the, the biggest pause with this one is that um, I'm not, I ha, it's not that I bet the Bears three weeks straight, but I pretty much have. Is that like Every week I've been cool with us taking the Bears in here because I've liked the value all three weeks. And once again, I like this value where I, I have the Bears at minus one. So we're getting a full three and a half when it's at two and a half right now, value to me. And I, I think people keep forgetting that Rivers, he's going to turn it over. This, this man takes risk. He's, last week, I, I saw the whole, that whole game because I had a decent amount on the Colts money line. And they literally didn't run. They might have ran six plays against the Jets. That's how – much they don't respect the Jets. They knew that they could just run their base offense, not show anything, and they were going to get an easy win in that game. So I'm with you. I'm good with backing the Bears here, and I'd be cool with putting them in. Um, we'll just have to wait and see because I want to get more info on the Bears because I know that Cohen uh, went down for you guys, the Tyree Cohen, the guys lost the running back. So I just want to wait and see what their other injury report were for the Bears. I don't know why you say you guys. I don't know. What would make you say, you guys, as I point to the Bears banner hanging over my left <laughs> shoulder right now, but I'm with you. Like, this team is going to be criminally undervalued, and I honestly think the market, like, the bookmakers are overvaluing not just Philip Rivers, but the Colts' defense, which obviously is playing amazing, and they had 26 fantasy points this past weekend. Like, at one point on uh, the red zone, Scott Hansen reported that that they had the ninth most fantasy points of anybody on Sunday. But it's a lot of yardage. Like, it's a lot of fancy stats and, like, superficial stats. And so, give me the Bears plus two and a half at home. Give Let's me Nick Foles, baby. I'm with you. Chargers plus seven and a half. We're still in the 1 p.m. games. Chargers plus seven and a half. Visiting the Buccaneers. This game has popped by three points since it opened. It opened at four and a half bucks. A lot and of money and a lot of bets coming in the Bucks. I, I like the Chargers here um, going in just because it's a high number. And 
we talked last week when we were talking about Carolina is that the Chargers aren't going to get blown out. They're, gonna, they're a team that's going to be able to keep these games close. But when will these injuries catch up to them? Because they just lost Chris Harris. Uh, so now they're down their best corner. Um, luckily, the Bucks lost uh, – I mean, not luckily, but they lost Godwin. So that kind of cancels each other out. I'm still going to take the Chargers here. I just have less confidence. But I do like the number of seven and a half against – a Buccaneers team that just blew out a team. So I'm going to back the road dog here that just lost at home in the Chargers. Do we like it enough to contest it? I wouldn't. I, I kind of want to, but it's like, am I getting too smart here? This feels like Washington all over again. It's like, am I, am I getting too smart for our contest? I can promise you. There's no chance of you and I together ever getting too smart. <laughs> I don't know. My brother just got your book, a New York Times bestseller. And, uh, oh, which, which bestseller? You know, there's the one reminded you the odds. Oh, uh, hey, I wrote that one too. Chad Millman wrote a book. And uh, I said, yeah, Chad just has them all stacked in his garage. And he just personally mails them out to people. He's a good guy. Good guy, <laughs> Chad. Oh, my God. I can't, I'm going to get a royalty check for that. That's pretty nice. <laughs> tell brother, thanks. I will. I really appreciate that. Uh, and if, tell, tell your brother, if, if you win a million dollars, you will happily give him the $2.50 that uh, I get in royalties for that. I'll do him one better. I'll try to get it signed from you. It's the least you can do, right? Oh, my God. It totally looks like I can do. It's so <laughs> nice that someone's asking me to sign books instead of Scooch. Whoever that guy is who keeps coming after us on Twitter that says, bring back Scooch, Scooch isn't signing books anymore. Now I'm signing books. Yeah, come on, guy. Uh, all right. So let's walk away from the Chargers. Let's not get too smart. Ravens on the road, tough showing last night. Um, minus 12 and a half against the Washington football team. So it's not really a road game. It's they're driving half an hour. Uh, yeah. probably, all staying, probably all staying at home on Saturday night. Too much for me. Yeah, and just like everything we do in this podcast, everything we love slowly dies. So we, we ended up killing Lamar's MVP and we killed, <laughs> up, we killed Kyler Murray's MVP. So that was nice, nice by us. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens here. Like the, the comments from Haskins, the comments from Rivera, it just seems like they're a team that's like, this guy, this guy ain't it. We're, we're already sick of this. And now you got the Ravens coming in really pissed off, embarrassed. I mean, Lamar's comments last night were frightening when he said that the Chiefs did the exact same thing that the Titans did on defense to them to stop them. And in my mind, you guys were getting 10 yards a clip your offensive coordinator for some reason started passing the entire game when you're getting 10 yards a clip on the ground. So I love the bounce back spire for the Ravens, but like you just said, it's a big number. So we can put that on the side. We're not going to, we're not going to put that in the contest. There's no way. However, <laughs> however, Cardinals Panthers, it's like, we got to make a Sophie's choice here. Because it's our favorite team, the Cardinals, against our favorite team, the Panthers. We have backed both of them every single week. So how do we choose between our two loves? Yeah, well, I actually faded. I faded the Panthers week one just because their defense was so young. Uh, but, yeah, I've been on them the last two weeks. And this is another – not that it feels like a trap spot because people might be down on the Cardinals because they just looked really bad at home. Um, 
But I, I like the Cardinals here. I like them to bounce back against a really bad defense. And I know Teddy can sling it. He can keep teams in games. But he struggled last week in the red zone. And he struggled the week before in the red zone and the week before. So it's three straight weeks now that I've seen him struggling in the red zone. Where Kyler, when he gets down there, he usually puts it away. So I'm going to be back on the Cardinals this week, even though I know that's going to be a public play. You know what? I'm 100% with you. And I think we're getting value here. I think this is a public perception play in that I actually think the line hasn't moved at all. And maybe you're, not, maybe you're telling me something and without saying it. I don't know where you have this power rated, but the Panthers are as high as they're going to get right now. And the Cardinals as low as they've been all season. So I've got to be getting value. I don't even know how you power rated this. Tell me what you did. So I had this at Cardinals five and a half, and it opened, I believe, at four. And it's so the Sharps came in and they hit this Panthers line because it's down to uh, three and a half despite 71% of uh, the bets being on the Cardinals. So I get their angle that they think the Panthers could keep this close against a team on the Cardinals that looked sloppy last week. But I think they're just undervaluing still Kyler Murray and what he can do. So we're going to be in the Cardinals. That's what I'm we'll thinking. Put them, yeah, let's put them in. All right, right now we got two teams we love. And by the way, it's the same two teams we love every week. Yeah. The, the, the Bears and the Cardinals. <laughs> we are like so predictable, awful. Bears and Cardinals. Because the other team we love right now that, or we, that we talked about was the Browns. I don't know if we'll get there. Jags, uh, next one o'clock game. Jags plus three, visiting Cincinnati. This is a total like yak fest and when i mean yeah. yak fest, i don't mean talk i mean like disgusting puke fest and i was shocked last week where the news came out that uh dj chark wasn't going to play for jacksonville and i didn't really think that was going to affect uh the jags as much as it did but it seems like Minshew must use him as a safe out where they had guys open, but Minshew was panicking instead of just staying on the course, looking downfield and hitting these guys. And everything I've seen from Burrow, I've been impressed. That Eagles game, as an Eagles fan, was, I mean, it's top five worst thing I've experienced since we've won the Super Bowl. Um, he's tough. I mean, he's taking big hits, and he's getting up. And I think he maybe sat one play out because he got knocked the heck out. But he's – He's really proven to me, and it's three weeks he's covered. So I, I'm not going to take the Bengals here because it's, they're due for regression. I mean, them going 4-0 ATS, it wouldn't be shocking. But the line keeps going from three to three and a half. If it goes to three and a half, I'll back the Jags here. Okay, but we don't have to back the Jags, right? No, I don't, don't want to be sweating this. Because you know what I do want to sweat? I want to sweat the Dolphins at plus six and a half. Right now, right now, the Seahawks visiting the Dolphins, the Seahawks are getting 80% of the tickets. So what we are getting right now is a classic road favorite getting 80% of the money. Like, these are bets that pay. You bet them over the long haul, they pay. Please don't talk me off of this. Please don't talk me off of the Dolphins at plus six and a half. I love Brian Flores. I want to bet this team so badly. I do too. And I love the fact that the Seahawks, like we were just talking about, they're 3-0, 3-0 ATS. And 
these kind of teams against the spread, they're going to drop some. Vegas isn't here just to give out free money. There's no teams that go 16 and 0. Most teams hit a point where they're going to go 10 and 6, 9 and 7. That's the norm for ATS because there's always these fluke teams. Like I think last year, the, the best covering team were probably the Ravens in Miami. I think Miami was like 10 and 6, and the Ravens, whatever they were, they were 13 and 3, I think, against the spread. So, there's always these teams that can be fluky with it. And like, I'm always like on the lookout for those kind of teams where the Seahawks keep covering these numbers. They shouldn't be covering. They've had a lot of fortune early on here. And if it's true that Adams is out for this game, that's a huge, huge hit to an already very bad secondary. And we've had three straight weeks where the Seahawks defense has been lit up. And what we've seen from Fitzmagic is He's in a good mode right now. I mean, that Thursday night game, I think he had like three com- incompletions. The guy was literally in a mode. Yeah. So I'd be good with backing the Dolphins here. I want to wait on the injury report because, like I said last week, they were down their best corner in the Miami. That, that's a big deal against Russ. But this is just screams back door, and I really do like the Dolphins here. I wish they would go back to seven, but I'd be cool with the six and a half. I agree with you 100% on everything you just said. This team's going to play hard. Fitzpatrick is in a mind meld with his receivers right now. And that back door will be open. And the Seahawks are just, are just winning in a way and covering in a way that feels like impossible to maintain. The, impossible. Only, person, the only person who can maintain that is Ryan Fitzpatrick covering the back door every week himself. And I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's the man for me. I mean, it is scary because we're going against Mr. Unlimited. But I don't know, man. I, 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 can't, I, I can't keep back in the Seahawks here. Like, they, they have to slip up. And this is just a perfect spot for them to slip up. An early game down in hot Florida. So, I, I like this a lot for the Dolphins. All right, we're going to get to the late games. Reminder, everybody, go rate and review the podcast, please, using the phrase, Simon says, we bounced back if we like it and randomly choose it, you will win a free Action Network hoodie. We are going to announce last week's winner. I already know who it is. Last week's winner at the end of this show. All right, let's move into the 4 o'clock games, the late games. Woo, we got a doozy. We got the New York football giants, 13-point dogs, visiting the Los Angeles Rams. Numbers moved up my friend, up a lot. Money and bets all coming in on the Rams. Feels like a pass. Yeah, and it's one of those where last week, that Giants game, it was, I think, 13-10 to 10 or 16-13 or something like that. And then all of a sudden, it just got out of hand where San Fran just ran it all over them. And when, you're, when the Giants were playing a team that has 40% of their salary or almost half their starters out for a game, and that's the performance they put up, you immediately have to look at the head coach because he's not putting his players in the best position to win. And I think the Rams here in a bounce-back spot, they're going to be the public darling. And this is another huge number game where I can't believe I'm back on these big favorites. But they can do really well at running the ball. And that's what the Rams are known for is running the ball. So I'm with you. This, this, this one I wouldn't put in because it's too big of a number and it's really easy for the Giants to get a late score to backdoor this. But I like the Rams here. I like, I like them, their style against the Giants style. 
I mean, you, you, right now you're making bets on a combined 25 and a half point favorites between the Ravens and the Rams. <laughs> Just saying. It, I know it's crazy, but it's like the same thing I did last week when I took the Colts. It's like, I know all the numbers say I should be on the Jets, that this is a trap and that they're going to cover this name because they're 0-2 ATS, 0-2 against the spread. But it's COVID, it's practice. There's no fans, there's no pressure. So these better teams – they're literally scrimmaging against worse teams. It's just easy when they're such better teams and these no fans. They, they don't have the normal kind of pressure that they are used to. It's kind of one of those where it's going good. It just snowballs. And these good teams, when they're beating these bad teams, these bad teams can't keep them close. And I think we're going to keep seeing that as the season goes along here. Maybe late in the year, I'll catch up and Vegas will catch up to these numbers. But for right now, I'm going to back these favorites. I really like how you're uh... – <clears throat> You're addressing and identifying. You're identifying and addressing the home field component here. I just think that's fascinating, uh, and that's going to be a longer uh, a conversation point. I think when we get into next week, you'll have four weeks of data, and I think it'd be really valuable for people to truly see, like, okay, instances where you've made the adjustment and it's worked, and and you've been spot on about it. It's, it's just fascinating to me the way you're phrasing these as sort of practice games. I love it. No comment needed. No comment needed from you, Simon. I'm just complimenting you. You're not going to you. get that. You're not going to get that from your Twitter fans. You're only going to get that from me. All they give me is love. They're nice people. They are good just people. The, just the one or two jackasses. Just the one. I love how you retweet all of them. Bills, <laughs> Bills visiting the Raiders. The ascendant, the miracle, the Bills from Buffalo. Matt Mitchell, our podcast producer's favorite team of any team in any sport. The Bills are three-point favorites at the Raiders in Las Vegas. We'll wait and see what the injury report is with the Raiders because they had a lot of guys get banged up in that New England game. And Waller barely even played for them, which was a big deal at tight end. And this is another one of those games where we're going to buy low in Vegas because the Bills just had an incredible no, comeback. No, no, well, no, you can tell me. I love the Raiders here. I, I think that with everything going with the Bills, they're flying really high. This is, a, this is a nice little letdown spot for them. So this is one of those they're going to come in feeling really good, and I could just see the Raiders keeping it close and eventually pulling out a win at the very end. So I'm back in the Raiders here. Oh, my God, I hate betting on the Raiders. Like, it, it, you know what's interesting? I hate betting on the Raiders. I, I, I have no sense of their identity at all. It also feels like I am making amateur mistakes by making a blanket statement. I refuse to bet on the Raiders. And then you'll talk me into the Raiders because for the same logic, why I want to bet the Dolphins, like the Seahawks are coming in on a high, they're coming in overvalued and I'm getting a team that is like not very good at home as a little bit of an underdog. So I was letting my Raiders bias get in the way of sound professional betting decision-making. So of course we're going to put the Raiders on our list because also why wouldn't we want to add the Raiders when we also have teams like the Dolphins and the Bears on this list? Because there's nothing better than being incredibly uncomfortable with five bad teams that you're betting to win a million dollars. <laughs> and I know we got three dogs right now. So by the end of the week, we're definitely going to have one or two favorites mixed in. It's just what we're doing right now on Tuesday. We're just waiting for more information because these favorites – I do like betting them, but I'm very picky and choosy with these favorites. Like, we've gone over it 
week one, my favorite bet was the Steelers. They were a minus six favorite. They covered. Uh, week two, I loved the Cardinals. They were a big favorite. They covered. And then week three, I, I, I probably t- – I don't know how much we spent on it, but I think I said that it was just an easy, easy bet taking the Patriots there in that spot. So that was an easy cover. So we're 3-0 right now, my favorite favorite. So hopefully I can mix another one because I have a couple that I do like, and we're about to talk one here about the Chiefs, where the value is going to be on New England in this game with the Chiefs because I think most people know that what New England does well is what the Chiefs do bad, which is running the ball. So you're looking at a, a game where people are thinking, if New England can control this clock, if you're getting a good number at seven, why wouldn't you take Bill Belichick as a seven-point dog? And it's just making me a little nervous when I saw last week with Cam is that if he's not on target with these weapons, that offense can really struggle. They needed a bunch of turnovers from the Raiders to kind of get them back into that game. So if we're looking for a favorite that's really chalky, I do like the Chiefs this week against the Patriots, but I hate, I hate going against Bill Belichick. I hate going against Bill Belichick, but there is the Cam Newton factor. I agree with you 100%. Even on Sunday, like I was a little, even though I knew like that was the right call, I'm nervous betting the guy. I have no confidence when he goes back to throw. None. Yeah, there's some times where he drops back there and like he does that style where he just quirks his head back and just throws it as hard as he can to a guy. And it's either going to go like 20 feet over the guy or it's going to hit him right in the hand. So I'm with you. We don't have to put this one in. We can leave it on the side, but I would back the Chiefs this week. What kind of world are we living in where we might want to back the Browns instead of Bill Belichick? That is 2020 in a nutshell, my friend. Yeah, what is happening? 2020, 2020 is the kind of year where it makes more sense to back the Cleveland Browns than Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. All right, let's put a pin in that one. Because uh, the next two games, like, unless you can convince me, Eagles visiting the Niners, Eagles seven-point dogs, are you going to tell me right now, like, now is the time to buy Carson Wentz? <sighs> it's impossible to say. It's just, like, I mean, as a fan, I'm truly embarrassed. Like, the fact, the fact that Carson Wentz has six interceptions through three games, it's everything is just falling apart. Doug Peterson is coaching like a coward. He, he was trying to go – he was trying to play for a safe field goal at the end of the game. And if I have to settle for a punt. So, great opportunity by low on the Eagles. They're 0-2-1, well, 0-2-1, half game out of first place in the NFC East. Thank you. And San Fran, they're so well coached. And they've played two really bad teams back-to-back. So, it's hard to gauge what they really are without all these players because they just beat up the Jets and beat up the Giants, which people argue are the two worst teams in football. So, I'd be good taking the Eagles in a primetime game here, catching seven in a must-win game for them against a team that's still trying to recover from all these injuries. And I know all these San Fran fans are going to come at me again saying I hate their team. I love San Fran. I love their team. I just think these injuries, they can't just keep winning when all these players are missing. You've done it again, Simon Hunter. You've nearly convinced me that a team that played for the tie because the coach was too afraid to have his quarterback make a play uh, is the team that you might want to back against the team that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> Betting is this, the worst. 
It's the worst, but it's just like as an Eagles fan, I, I have, usually have a pretty good pulse on this team. And over the last few years, these are kind of the kind of games the Eagles go somewhere and they win. Like last year, they were terrible. They went up to Buffalo and they dominated Buffalo. A couple of weeks later, they went up to Green Bay and they dominated Green Bay, who at the time was one of the best teams in football. So I'm going to trust the number and say that this should be four, four and a half. And we're getting a good value here, six and a half, seven. So I like, I do like the Eagles in the spot, prime time. All right, can we agree we hate the Packers and the Falcons? We can agree on it because I, I, I'm still too low on the. Like I, I got to update what I'm doing with Green Bay because I keep every week. I'm even though I love them coming in the year, I was on them for over nine wins, and I, I think people are really underestimating the scheme they ran last year was new, and they did really well with it. They went thirteen and three, and this year. Things are just clicking with Rodgers. He's just seeing the game so well. But this is do or die for the Falcons. And it's another one of those where I hate going against these really desperate teams versus teams that are feeling good about themselves. They're having big wins. Like Green Bay winning that game in primetime in New Orleans. Like they had to have been the best flight home. They're feeling good this whole week. The Falcons are horrible. That's the only reason we're not going to put them in is because I'm with you. Quinn's got to get fired. I don't want to be back in this team, so we're not putting the Falcons in. So I got to say, like, that, that's exactly it. Like, the Falcons are the exact team we should be betting right now, but they are just not a team you can ever back. There's, they have just proven to be unbackable. So we got we to gotta walk away from that. And so what we got to decide on right now, right now the teams we've listed are the Browns, who are a – let me get Four and back. a half. Four and a half uh, point underdog at Dallas. The Bears plus two and a half at home. That's a no-brainer. We're doing that. Bears plus two and a half at home against the Colts. Cards minus three and a half on the road against Detroit. Love that. Dolphins plus six and a half. Dolphins plus six and a half. Freaking love that bet. With Seattle coming across the country. Yes, please. As long as they have their full complement of players. You got to check on the injury report. Again, we will update all this. Check it out in the Action Network app, the free Action Network app. That's where you can follow Simon's picks. That's where you can see what we do. We are laying the groundwork, establishing our menu. Sunday morning, we choose. We put it in the app. We'll tweet it out. Raiders plus three. Yeah. Eagles plus seven. That is like a complement of six right now, of which we will choose five. I like all of them. I like all of them, and uh, we can just do it real quick. So, for our Survivor Contest. Yes. We had a good week. People, for some reason, they, they didn't take the Colts, and they ended up taking the Cardinals, and a couple of people took the Saints, and for some crazy reason, some people took the Ravens. So, we're down to 40,000 out of 500,000. Oh, so my God. I put it on Twitter this morning how I, I, I couldn't see how we can't take uh, the Ravens this week. And then I looked in the app. We actually already took the Ravens week one. <laughs> oh, no. So, so the easy pick this week is definitely the Rams, where yes. the Giants are going there. The Rams need this win. They're going to bounce back. That should be a no sweat for us. Even, even if the Giants somehow cover that number, I, I can't see this being under a touchdown for the Rams. So I, I love the Rams here in our uh, survivor pool. All right. In our DraftKings survivor pool, there are 40,000 left out of 500,000 that started. We are going to be on the Rams this week. We continue to thrive and survive. 
The six picks, again, that we are going to be choosing from. Browns plus four and a half. Bears plus two and a half. Cards minus three and a half. Dolphins plus six and a half. Raiders plus three. Eagles plus seven. I'm throwing up in my mouth as I read these back, thinking about how miserable Sunday is going to be uh, as I track these, and I'm texting you uh, looking for desperate relief, Simon. That's what I'm thinking about. Can't wait. It's, what, it's the best part of my Sunday is getting ripped on by you and a couple other people on there. Just like, are we going to do this? And I'm just like, I hope, man. I wish I knew the future. But no, I, I like this week. A couple people have asked why we haven't used bye weeks yet. And a normal thing, if we weren't doing a podcast like we talked about, we would have used, used one of these bye weeks by now yeah. just because it's early in the year. and We're building data. We're, we're both guys who use numbers. We're not just stomach betters, like betting with our guts. So I wouldn't be against using it this week, but I kind of do want to start saving them now, especially with all this stuff going with COVID. It's like maybe in the next couple of weeks, if things actually do kind of get game, like games getting set here and there, we're not getting as much value because there's less games on the board. We, we can pick and choose, but for right now, we're not going to use the bye week this week. That is the game strategy <clears throat> that we need you for, Simon Hunter. Okay, it's time to announce the winner of the phrase that pays. Last week, we asked fans to rate and review the podcast. Those who did and used the winning phrase in their review were eligible to win, to win a free Action Network hoodie. We had loads and loads of reviews. Thank you for that. In a second, we're going to reveal the winner. But first, also, we remember, we remember, remember, we are doing another phrase that pays contest. Go rate and review the podcast using the phrase, Simon says, we bounce back. And we will randomly choose the winner to get a free Action Network hoodie. The winner of last week's contest. Winning an Action Network hoodie is Mike W. I don't mean like George W. I mean like D-U-B-Y-A. Thank you, Mike W. Simon says, let's bounce back! Exclamation point. After a white-hot start at the NFL season, Simon and Chad navigated a landmine filled week two admirably. This is a great podcast that is flourishing against all odds despite the absence of celebrated author and bookmaker of the world, Bob Scucci. This is a must-listen for NFL fans, whether you're commuting to work, working from home, or just crushing it on the racks during a normal leg day. I love Mike W. I love his spirit. I love his commitment. I love his attitude. I love that he crushes the racks on leg day. I love that he does leg day. Simon, say goodbye to our friends. Goodbye, Mike. If you're listening to us while you work out, thanks, man. I don't know how people don't listen to music. That's, that's really, that's something. Mike W is vaulting to number one in my hearts and minds. All right, listen, this has been the favorites from the Action Network. Download the podcast wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, anywhere, anywhere at all. Until next time, love you.